Welcome back to the Holistically Humble podcast. I am here with another amazing guest that I am so grateful to call my friend. We have done several women's circles together. We have bonded through the online space and in person, and I'm just so grateful to have her come on here and share her wisdom with the world. So I would like to welcome Mastaya. She is someone who uh, shares a lot of information about being a highly sensitive person, and she is one herself. So if you've listened to this podcast before, I did share an episode briefly on what a highly sensitive person is, so I thought this episode would be dedicated to diving deeper into this space. So welcome, Mastaya. Thank you so much, Katie, and I'm so glad we get to chat about this today. I know that you were very patient with me as I went through like a huge life transition with my home, so I appreciate your patience, and I'm happy that it lined up to do this today. Oh, of course. I know. I totally understand when you feel like for those of you who are listening and don't follow Mistaya, um, she has had uh, her whole house or her more so her kitchen be ripped up and contractors there and so filming this was just not an option at that time and I really valued that you were just like this doesn't fit for me right now because you do in everything you offer you want to be present mm-hmm. and that just was making it not accessible for you and so yeah, yeah I am grateful it lined up now yeah I was so torn because I really wanted to do it and then I was like I just don't have the capacity and I think that I can tie this into being highly sensitive is like our environment is so um such a big part of our well-being um it is for all of us but I think especially for highly sensitive people and when your environment is like you know like chaos and loud and all these like strangers were in and out of my home nothing was the way it was we were living without a kitchen for five weeks um yeah it kind of transferred into my inner world I felt I never felt so ungrounded in my life like I felt like displaced I had to be out of my house um from like nine to five while people were in there so I was working um from like libraries and cafes and I like work from home and chose a career where I can work from home for a reason because I love being home but why couldn't be at home so yeah, I think that that um, maybe it affected me more. Um, it didn't affect my partner as much. Um, and I think that is because I am highly sensitive. And we can dive into more about what that means and my personal experience with that. And I know that you are too. And I know you just did a podcast episode on that as well. And I think that a lot of us are. And sometimes we just don't have the terminology for it. Or sometimes it'll be like an aha moment, hearing someone else speak about their experience and really resonating. And that is how actually I... Um, came to find out that I was highly sensitive was just like listening to a podcast and it was like this major aha moment and like just all these like memories from my childhood and my adolescence just all really like clicked into place and I was like oh my gosh that's why I felt so strongly or that's why this affected me so much is because I was um, yeah just like a little highly sensitive being in this big wide world experiencing and taking in so much information without having like the support or the resources or the terminology to process that in a way that was healthy. Oh, I totally resonate with that too. Like once you learn about that, what highly sensitive people or a highly sensitive person is, mm-hmm. the aha moment. If you are one, you it will click. It will be just be like, oh my gosh, yes. So let's just dive in. So tell tell the listeners about your journey um, being a highly sensitive person and, and figuring this out and what that means to you. 
Mm -hmm. I think I'll start like with what being highly sensitive is like based on like the science. Um, So they go by the acronym like does. So the D is depth of processing. So highly sensitive people process things on a really, really deep level. They find um, like meaning in a lot of different things that other people may not find meaning and everything is just like so much deeper and more felt. And then the O is stands for overstimulation. So that is kind of like one of the downsides of being highly sensitive is that our environments are often overstimulating for us. Like we're in taking in so much informa- information, also processing it deeply and it becomes really overwhelming um, and we become overstimulated. And then the E stands for empathy, which is a really beautiful aspect of being highly sensitive. Um, we're very compassionate and we feel the feelings and emotions of other people and not only for ourselves. So we have a really deep capacity for empathy, which is really beautiful and amazing. But if you are taking in the energy of too many people, um, especially if it's like really dense, heavy energy, you can almost forget that it's not yours and you can really integrate it into your own body. And if you don't have tools and resources to release it, um, it can actually like become a part of your own identity when it's actually not yours to carry. Um, And then the S is for like sensory overload. So like I said, all of our senses are heightened to varying degrees, right? We're all different somewhere along on the the line of being highly sensitive. But so we process like we're taking in more through our eyes, through our sight, smell, like every one of our senses is taking in more information. So you can imagine all these external stimulus coming inwards we're taking in more than the average person, how that also contributes to feelings of overwhelm. Um, yeah, so that's kind of like how I like to explain it. And maybe already people are like, oh, that's me. I never knew that. There's so much more you can um, like look into being highly sensitive. Um, and there's a doctor, Dr. Lynn Gilbert. She was like the founder of the term. Um, and yeah, you can like read her book or get into her work if you want to learn more on like the science aspect. But for my personal experience, so like I said, I never knew I was highly sensitive. I mean, my whole life, people were like, oh, you're too sensitive. So I thought it was like this, like bad thing. And I needed to like suppress. And even if I needed to cry, I needed to wait till I got home where it was safe to do so. Um, So I, yeah, I was always like really intuitive, really observing, really um, naturally inclined to be in nature. And yeah, I think that for me being highly sensitive, oh, sorry, my speaker just turned off. <laughs> being highly sensitive and not knowing that, especially um, in my like early childhood, um, yeah, it was really hard for me to be at school. I felt like overwhelmed. I did really well like academically, but I found the social aspect to be a struggle, like too many people, too loud, like not a very conducive environment for me to learn. So I struggled but struggled in a way that wasn't really like apparent to others. Like I'd be really stressed and overwhelmed and feeling that, but um, academically I did fine. So like, I just kind of like slipped through. And then I think more in my like teenage years, I kind of like rebelled against my sensitivities. I didn't want to be that way. I wanted to, you know, push all that aside and kind of be like the tough girl, be like the, the badass and, um, kind of rebelled against that, obviously, subconsciously, because I didn't have the awareness that I was highly sensitive in the in the first place. And then it's really been in my like, mid 20s, early 30s, to where I've kind of like reclaiming my sensitivities and realizing like, 
first having the validation with having that terminology and like looking into it more, but then also really like reclaiming them to be my superpower rather than something that hinders me or makes me like different in a bad way. Um, yeah, so that's kind of been my journey. And like I said, when I heard the term on a podcast um, about being highly sensitive, I was like, oh my gosh, like that is me. Everything that this was happening in this conversation was like, oh my gosh, this is so validating of my experiences. And then I went on to um, like learn more, educate myself. And then I went on to coach other women who were highly sensitive. Uh such a beautiful share. And I think so many people who are listening will absolutely resonate with your story because if you don't have a guardian, a parent, a guardian, someone looking after you, witnessing and understanding as a child into teenage years that they might be highly sensitive and not having the tools and resources that, yeah, you you would probably rebel and try to be different and feel internally like, why am I so different? Why you know, externally, my friends can be social, they can do all of these things, but why can't I? And you start like, Mm -hmm. at that point, probably bashing yourself saying, why am I so different? But if you had someone in your life, whether that be a guardian, a parent, um, an aunt, a friend, whatever, give you those tools and resources, how different it would be. But it also goes with along how our journeys are and that you were able to find it. You found that podcast. You learned about it. You speak so well about it. I think even just diving into scientifically, like that term that you said mm-hmm. can be so helpful for people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um, it really is a process and it is meant to be the way that it was, right? Like I didn't have that person with that terminology, although my parents are very like compassionate and maybe they're actually um, highly sensitive themselves. (laughs) I don't know for sure, but, um, there's indicators of that. So I did have like, um, supportive family. There just wasn't like that terminology. And they say that you only need that, like one person, right. To, to show you or to, um, to have that attachment with, to really like bloom and blossom into your true self. So I think that, um, I did have that to some degree. There just wasn't like the terminology. Um, and I think that now with like all of this information that we're presented with, it's much easier to find these things. Like there's all these podcasts. I mean, it can be overwhelming that there is so much information, but you really can learn so much without having to like sign up for a course or, or, you know, like go to school for this certain thing. Like we're all learning on our own terms outside of like a traditional education system, which I think is so amazing that we really have access to all of this, like beautiful and helpful information these days. Very, very good call out. Yes. I feel if you're listening and resonating with anything that has been said, um, this is your sign to dive a little bit deeper into highly uh, being a highly sensitive person or just learning about what it is on a deeper level. Like I'll list some resources down below. I'll also um, get into that in a little bit, but uh, you, you've you touched base on it uh, a little bit, but I just wanted to know like in your own words and experience, what is a highly sensitive person also known as an HSP? Um, in my own words, I take it as someone that is just like really open and receptive, like on all levels. So like, like I said, like with the senses, we're taking in so much information, we're really open, um, like open minded as well, like to learning new things and experiencing new things and really observant is another um, uh, trait that goes with being highly sensitive, like really noticing the details and the nuances in our surroundings and with other people 
and really like sensing the energy in a room. Like if you're highly sensitive and there's been like tension in a room before you walked in and you come in, you will likely like feel that tension. You won't know exactly like what happened or where it came from, but you'll feel like this dense energy um, in your body or however you um, uniquely intake energy. But um, that's just another way that you're so open and you're you're reading between the lines of what is you're being presented with is two people and maybe the conversation or the argument has stopped, but you're sensing the energy is tense or dense between the two people. Um, yeah. So that also can be a lot because you are feeling energy that is not yours and you question like, why am I feeling this way? Um, and you don't have to hold on to it, but you can also really use it to guide you as well and really be in touch with your intuition and see where it takes you by like noticing and listening and then like, you know, um, kind of trying new things or trying like to work with the energy as well, guiding you and shifting the way that you um, make decisions or, you know, just like really it can help you like be more in tune. I think that being highly intuitive and highly sensitive go hand in hand as well, which is like a really beautiful superpower. Um, and then I also think that connecting with nature is something that goes hand in hand with being highly sensitive. And we really need that like aspect of grounding and being, you know, just like alone with beautiful energy. Like nature is such a beautiful grounding energy. And when we can go out there without our phone and alone, ideally, or with your dog, I think that that is like a really, um, beautiful like cleansing practice to just like be in your own energy and really um feel and sense um the nature around you sorry I just need to take a sip of water yeah no worries that's kind of my my take on it there's so many different like scientific ways that you can describe it and although I like love and respect the science I think that it's really been my own way of like processing and taking in the information and relating it to my own experience that has been more profound for me. So I definitely encourage people to, yeah, kind of like look into it and see what resonates with being highly sensitive, what doesn't, and really take, yeah, take it to mean your own um, in that sense. And I'm sure your experience with being highly sensitive is like entirely different and beautiful too. Yeah, it's thank you for that share and putting it into your own words. I think will resonate. It resonated with me listening, so I'm I'm going to go ahead and assume it resonates with everyone else listening as well, especially if they're a highly sensitive person. And if they aren't a highly sensitive person, you probably know someone who is a highly sensitive person and mm -hmm. has shown you these traits or attributes that you've just discussed um just now about in your own words what a highly sensitive person is. I'll just say I touched on this in the podcast episode, um, episode number two. I'll link it down in the show notes as well. But um, I watched a video on YouTube. It just popped up. You know how they just like generate videos mm -hmm. that are kind of like the content you're watching? The algorithm. And it was called, <laughs> yes, the damn algorithm. <laughs> um, it showed uh, psych to go It's a YouTube channel. And it was talking about the highly sensitive person. And that was like my aha moment. And this wasn't that long ago. Honestly, it was like maybe a few years ago that I started learning about this. And it was just mm -hmm. like, holy shit. Wow. Yeah. Like I feel so seen right now and like more understood because there's been certain instances in my life where I am like over the top emotional about a situation that has happened where for example my partner is like what I like I don't get it 
Like, I don't Mm -hmm. get why you're so emotional and like be emotional, do what you need to do. But like, he doesn't get it. And that's just like the beautiful part of being a highly sensitive person because like he isn't and that's okay. And I am and like learning, learning about that myself, delivering it to the people who are around me and then they, them learning that I'm just a highly sensitive person. And like, yeah, like Mm -hmm. you said, you didn't want to show your emotions, like crying or feeling very emotional in public. You would go home to your safe space and cry. Like I, I resonate with that so much. Like Mm -hmm. you need to feel safe. You need to be in your own environment. Oftentimes you need to be alone Mm -hmm. and recharge in nature. That just like totally sums it up for me as well. Mm -hmm. And it's like that depth, that ability to feel all emotions on such a deep level, which is really beautiful because we can feel all the emotions that feel really amazing deeply, but then we can also feel the emotions that feel really hard um, very deeply as well. (laughs) So, you know, it goes both ways. Yeah, that yin and yang, the black and white, Mm -hmm. the masculine feminine sort of vibe. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel that. where might someone go for resources? I know you talked about the scientist who, um, or that lady who who mm-hmm. coined the term and like talked about the science of it, but are there any resources specifically maybe that you've used or that you've guided your clients to use or just something that's popped up before recording this podcast that you would like to share on um, being a highly sensitive person? Hmm, yeah, that's a really good question. Um I, yeah, there's not a lot of resources. I think that anything that works with like your nervous system and regulating, um, your nervous system is really amazing because, um, we're often very dysregulated and operating from dysregulation from being overstimulated and overwhelmed. So anything that you can do for your nervous system is just going to be like amazing for highly sensitive people for everyone really in general. Um, and then, yeah, there's like lots of people, um, that share on being highly sensitive online. There's one account that I follow and it's like, I think it's called highly sensitive families. I'll have to double check and I'll send it to you so that you can put it in the show notes. Um, but it, it talks a lot about how to support children who are highly sensitive, which is really beautiful. And like the mother is highly sensitive herself too. So she shares, um, like that side of the coin of being like an adult and being highly sensitive. And then also how to like parent children who are highly sensitive, which I have a highly sensitive son as well. So I find that really helpful for all the parents out there. And then I'm trying to think of other resources. I think that for me, just like recognizing when I'm overstimulated and overwhelmed and really trying to regulate, trying to ground, trying to take that time. And I know it's not always possible to like, take a moment to yourself or to get regulated um, in like this long ritual or like going out for a walk. Sometimes it's not accessible. And one really quick, easy thing that you can do that brings you out of your mind and back into your body is just to run your wrists under cold water. It kind of takes into like, oh, I know you love like the cold plunging, but it kind of takes like that aspect of um, sensation, but it's just your wrist. So it's really accessible as long as you have running water, just like ice cold water under your wrists. And it really like it's so cold. It takes you like out of your mind, out of like, if you're having like, you know, um, thoughts that are going, um, a mile a minute or, you know, whatever, however you're experiencing the overwhelm, but it really brings you back into your body and just gives you that moment to kind of like have a gap in between whatever's overstimulating you, um, and then bringing you back to your body. And then you can just like come back um, a little bit more grounded, a little bit more regulated. That's like a really quick tip that I use um, quite often. And that I recommended to a lot of my clients as well, just like a really quick, easy one. Um, cold plunging is great too. 
I'm sure you could speak more on that and maybe how it's like um, been helpful for you being kind of sensitive. But um, for me, I don't like the cold as much. I think like the risks under the water is enough for me. But yeah, maybe you want to touch on like cold plunging and if that has really helped you regulate or how what your experience with that has been. Yeah, uh, great shares. Love that. I will put some note. Yeah, I'll put I'll share with you all listening some resources in the show notes that Mastaya mm-hmm. touched on. Um, cold plunging has been a game changer for me. I think I think I honestly I can't remember the timeline of when I got called to cold plunge. Like it was just like this internal calling and I have my YouTube channel. And so I was like, in order for me to cold plunge for seven days in a row, I'm going to film it. And so I filmed it and I can't, I can't lie. Lying is not, I can't do it. It makes me feel internally disgusting. And I knew that I couldn't just like go film like on a Monday and then like wait a few days, maybe a week and then like film it and call it day two. Like I needed Mm. to do it every day in a row. And that helped me more than I can put into words, but like you just said, when you run the when you run your wrist under cold water, just because it is like a thinner area of your body, and you're going to get that experience of like, whoa, this is cold. It does bring you back to the present moment. When I plunge in the ocean, I often do it in the ocean. Last Christmas, I got a cold plunge tub, so I'm grateful for that. But it draws you to this present moment. There's nothing else that you can think about mm-hmm. except for that it's fucking cold and that yeah. you need to maintain your beautiful big breath and there's nothing else that you can think of except for the present moment which Mm -hmm. is hard in our society even when you do a like a dedicated meditative practice it's really hard to just be in this present moment we're often thinking in in the future or past and so the cold plunging for me being a highly sensitive person like submerging my body whether or not it goes up to my shoulders or I actually put my whole head under is so beneficial for regulating for drawing you back to the present moment. And yeah, I guess just regulating is the word that I want to stick with with that. It just regulates my Mm -hmm. nervous system. And then also like scientifically speaking, I believe it increases your dopamine up to 250% over the next several hours. So it's not like when you do something that like makes you feel really good in the moment, Mm -hmm. it's like the spike of dopamine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It like just it accumulates over time over the day when you've cold plunged it and your dopamine just increases like by a massive amount. So that's also a benefit of, of doing it as well. But mm. um, yeah, I think the cold for me is something that has benefited uh, being a highly sensitive person for sure. And I work in an environment with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so that is why I'm drawn to go into the ocean specifically because it's in nature. So I'm getting mm-hmm. that benefit. And then also, yeah, the cold just drawing you back to this present moment. So great call out. Yeah. No, yeah, it just came to me because I was like, oh, you you actually do cold plunge and I do like the wrist plunge. So like, you're way more hardcore. The wrist plunge is great. <laughs> thin thin skin. Also, um, I've seen a lot. I haven't tried it yet, if I'm being honest, but like that a bowl of ice and then putting your face mm-hmm. in it, I feel like could could do the yeah. same thing of even, just like shocking you yeah even holding an ice cube is another one um I think it's just easier to run the water but you could grab an ice cube as well um and I know that that yeah calls yeah. you out of your mind and yeah gives you that gap I think that gap is like so important because we definitely do not have that in our like fast-paced society depend like even if you don't have a job that you know is around a lot of people like you do but like we're just you know 
nothing is slow living anymore. Like everything is just so crazy busy and full. Yes. And I would say too, just with touching on when you said that you, you know, you walk in a room and you can like feel this tension or maybe there's an energy that's off a little bit of getting in touch with asking yourself, is this mine? Because mm-hmm. that's a, that's a big thing for me. Like mm-hmm. for so many years I would be carrying around this stuff. It's like, it's not even mine. And I'm trying yeah. to like work through it. It's not mine. I don't need to work yeah. through it. I just need to release it through nervous system practices. I like shaking, like dancing, mm-hmm. shaking, jumping on a trampoline, those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. It goes back to nervous system. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like, the, is this mine is such a great question to ask. And I think that highly sensitive people, like bringing in the empathy piece, like we do hold so much space because we're so empathetic. We care so much. We're so compassionate. So we're often almost like people's go-to like unpaid therapists. So just by nature, by us being that presence for other people, we receive even more like information and energy and people share like really hard things with us sometimes like without a trigger warning or sometimes just like, you know, even just like, you know, working with somebody or like having a customer come in and they can kind of like sense that you're like, that have that compassionate energy and they kind of dump onto you. Right. So you're taking in all these other energies and then you're like, at the end of the day, like maybe you're in a bad mood and you realize like, you didn't start your day off like that. You really just like held on to all of the energy throughout the day that wasn't yours. So if you can just like ask, like, is this mine? Can I release it? And yeah, shaking is so good. I love playing like Afro beats um, and listening to like, just like blasting them, letting like the energy move and even just like flicking energy off your fingertips. Like that's something really easy you could do like at work, just kind of like under your desk or whatever, flicking your fingertips. But that's like a really good, like just like flicking the energy off and just like really visualize um, that it, like this energy that's not yours is like leaving your body and that it's not welcome to welcome to stay. Um, yeah, that is such a big, important piece is holding on to other energy and like you have enough going on in your own life. You don't need to hold the weight of other people or the weight of society or you know, it's just not yours. Like, let it go. Yes. Let go and flow. I like that little tip of just like flicking your fingers because like, that's not in my eyes. That's not weird. Like if I was just like flicking my fingers, you know, (laughs) in front of people, it's like, yeah. And you can flick pretty hard and like really like get it off. (laughs) Yes. Um, Would you say that if you know, listeners are listening to this podcast and um, they're resonating with being a highly sensitive person that they could go ahead and state to other people they're a highly sensitive person and set their boundaries? Or would you say to maybe dive deeper on learning about it at first before setting boundaries? Or if you kind of feel mm-hmm. what I'm what I'm saying is just like letting people know, like, for example, once I learned about this, I let my partner know this mm-hmm. is me. This mm-hmm. is me. These are my traits and attributes. And like, I can be overly emotional about certain things. So we have those boundaries now. People at work know, like if I get um, a, a little bit more difficult customer that I need to go to the back and like jump up and down. And that's like not weird for them to just see me like jump up and down because mm-hmm. like I need to let go of it kind of thing. So um, yeah, would you say that like telling people that you're a highly sensitive person, um, setting boundaries would be of benefit or maybe just keeping it to yourself at first? Yeah, do you I think, think? that would be like a really personal decision. I think like if you have a really safe and accepting relationship sharing like your findings about being highly sensitive 
is a really great place to start um, for other relationships. Um, you might, might not want to do that. And I think that when it comes to boundaries, the best way to start with like setting boundaries um, would be to like, if you're feeling like you want to set a boundary with someone you just kind of say like, you get yourself out of the conversation you say like, can I get back to you? Or you like give a maybe, or I'm like, I'm not sure right now. And then you can like give yourself some time and space to like gather, build up the confidence to set the boundary. And maybe you start with just like texting that person, like maybe face-to-face setting a boundary is like too difficult depending where you're at, but just like practice setting those boundaries and taking that second or, or that moment away taking space between having to answer because like your inclination is maybe to like people please or to to say yes or to like go with what that other person wants even though it's not what you want and need um so really like taking that space is a really good way to build up that muscle um of setting boundaries because it can be like really really difficult um and then as for like um sharing like if it feels right to share that you're highly sensitive that's great I think that people that like love and appreciate you will be like oh wow yeah that does sound like you like oh my goodness um makes sense and then yeah just kind of like sharing your journey um and how maybe they could support you and I love that you like let your work even your work know and that they know that like okay Katie's in the back jumping she had a hard customer like let her do her thing like that is such a beautiful way to like know yourself and then to state your needs and then to actually follow through and do that because that's another part of setting boundaries like sometimes we can initially set the boundary but the follow-through is also like really hard and really important as well is that okay you set this boundary and now someone might be overstepping it or you're not following it for yourself um and then you have to kind of like reiterate the boundary um so yeah there's so much to boundaries um oh yeah that could be a whole (laughs) other yeah (laughs) whole other podcast but I think that goes like yeah learning to set boundaries being a highly sensitive person is if this info is new to you just like start slow look at resources about it and um I just I admire you because you set in my opinion very healthy boundaries like you just state like this is where I'm at right now this is what I'm able to offer or whatever like it's like for example running women's circles with you it's like oh that actually doesn't feel right right now because of X, Y, and Z and you like state it. And I just feel like it's so clear. And like, I'm always open to just changing and shifting things as well, Mm -hmm. because I, I know that that's how I am. I like, am like feeling like yes in the moment when I say yes. And then, Oh, no, just kidding. I don't feel like it anymore Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of vibe. So I think, yeah, setting healthy boundaries, if you're a highly sensitive person is something that can be really beneficial for you. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so grateful for the way that you like receive that too. And that you're just always so like understanding and that if you ever like set a boundary with me, like vice versa, like, of course, like if this isn't feeling right for you, I would never want to pressure you or want you to do something that you don't feel aligned with. Right. And I think that the more that we, um, yeah, get better at setting boundaries and, and really like owning who we are, the more that we'll attract friendships and people into our lives that are able to receive that and reflect back like where we're at on a personal development level too, right? So there's so much to be said about like doing this work and really learning to understand yourself and really cultivating that relationship with yourself because it really does like manifest and mirror back to us in ways you know like just beyond what you would have thought or like you know take you to places that you wouldn't have thought that you would go with it like it's just really beautiful yeah 
Beautiful. Love that. I would like to spend this next little time. If you would like to shout out your services, your offerings, your social media, I will also link things down below, but I would like to leave the floor open for you to just state what you're offering nowadays. Mm, thank you so much. So we kind of touched on this that I have shifted. So for a while there, I was coaching highly sensitive women. Um, and I still do have some clients that I'm like working with. I'm not sure exactly where that will go, but I'm also now supporting, um, highly sensitive female business owners with their social media. Um, and it's been really exciting. This kind of like naturally happened and shifted this way, but, um, yeah, I'm really loving, like just connecting with other female business owners and supporting them with their social media, because I know that female business owners or business owners in general, like have so much going on and social media can often be like a really daunting, overwhelming task. Um, so supporting them with that has been really lighting me up. Um, you can follow me on Instagram or check out my Instagram page. It's just at Mistaya, um, M-Y-S-T-I-A-H. That's where I spend the most time because, yeah, I'm not on any other platforms because it's just too overwhelming. I'm like, I, <laughs> I want to get into the TikTok. And then every time I open it up, I'm like, oh my gosh, like too much, too much for me, too much, too fast. So maybe one day, but I am just on the ground for now. I love that. Um, great shout out too, because I am on a lot of platforms and I'm a highly sensitive person and it's overwhelming. I'm just yeah. being honest. I yeah. always ask him like, Katie, how do you do it? <laughs> and I'm like, how do you have a YouTube channel and a TikTok and Instagram? And like you show up consistently. I don't know. Like I don't do the other platforms. So I don't know if you're as consistent on them as well, but like you show up, like I always know that there will be content coming from you, that you'll always be on your stories um, you know, like during the week and talking and sharing. And I love that. And I'm also like, girl, like, <laughs> give me some of that. <laughs> it's, it's the, uh, uh, well, I did a episode and I talked about how I'm a generator and I mm -hmm. think you're a reflector. I'm a reflector. Yeah. So massively different here. Opposite. Like I, <laughs> I get an idea. I'm like, yep, boom, go. It's done. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's done. It's, it's, uh, it's out there. I've, I've felt it. And then the issue is, is like the, um, um, long lasting effects mm. of that because it'll be like a good idea in the moment, boom, done, posted, whatever it is. And then just like, maybe not again for like a while, like my YouTube channel we were chatting about earlier as mm -hmm. well. It's just like, yeah, it's, uh, it's ever changing and flowing, but I definitely have that generator energy of just like, got the idea feels right. Let's do it. Go. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love that. And just allowing yourself to like try and to show up and then also giving yourself grace if like the next day you're not going to show up the same way you did the first day. So <laughs> I feel Definitely. that. <laughs> I have to learn that too of like, oh, like I should be. But also I've just, I don't know if it's like being in my thirties or what, but like, I just like, yes, like selfishly care more about me and how I'm feeling. And like, I don't want to mm -hmm. push something out there if it doesn't feel right. Like I just, for example, tried to do a 30 day well health and wellness journey. <laughs> and then mm. I stopped posting for a few days because I was like, oh, it doesn't feel aligned anymore. Yeah. on like day, day 27 or whatever. But <laughs> just being, just being kind to myself about like, now it doesn't have to be perfect like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that giving yourself that grace and the way that you share that with other people too allows them to give themselves grace, grace in different situations. Thank you so much. So are so you did say you working with um female highly sensitive business owners, you're taking new clients, is that correct? Yeah, I have space for one more client at the moment and then I really want to find a way to offer my services to some degree um 
to a larger audience, but I haven't figured out exactly how to do that. So um, yeah, stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll come to me. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love this. I love chatting with you. I love um, those of you who are listening. This is just the audio version, but me and Mustai have been on Zoom and just looking at each other. And it's just nice to see her in real life or like on Zoom, but like your actual face. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I really appreciate you taking this time and um, getting back to me on when it felt really good for you to come on. I think what you've shared throughout this episode is going to be extremely beneficial for those of you listening. So if you do like it, please share, comment, like, um, follow along this podcast, turn on the notifications. And thank you again. Mustaya for sharing the space and sharing all of your knowledge in being a highly sensitive person and all that you share really. Thank you so much for having me and I'll share the episode with my community as well. Thank you.